0: Welcome to White's Road. Welcome. Good morning. There we go. Now we got it going on. It's good to see everybody this morning. We're in the series world, Link, headed to our missions day. You know, we're privileged to partner in missions all, over, all around the world, a lot of different places. If you'll look at the next slide, this shows some of the uh, different uh, places that uh, we uh, work in uh, all around the world. I mean, it's just an exciting thing to be able to partner in, all the way from the Middle East to... Uh, Uh, let's say we have the dominican nicaragua liberia ethiopia all these different places a home and abroad in mission efforts going around the world and that's pretty exciting we're partners in that together not just our church but with other folks and other individuals and making sure the good news of jesus gets out look we've been rescued and we want to see as many other people get rescued as possible turn your bibles to philippians chapter one we're going to be talking about partners you know Uh 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 do what see we got that? Alright, let's let's roll with that one. It's on Let's check this out. You know what uh we're done a different one now, right? We're gonna work on that? All right. Plan D. That's all right. By the way. Steve, you guys at work. Thank you all for what you do. Look, that's hard work. And and people only notice when something goes wrong, and then, you know, 1,200 people are looking back at it like, you know. Uh, most of the time it's, you know, operator error on this end, I will admit. But uh, Al and I, years ago, we were talking about partnering, you know, when we preach together, and so we asked our staff about uh, famous partners, and, and we are talking about us, and he said, and the first one that somebody... Uh, said was Abbott and Costello. Now, I don't know what that meant. Uh but there are great partners. Uh like you you remember some of those, right? Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Now, some of you that told your age. Right? Or what about Laverne and Yeah, TV Land is still alive. Uh going. Laverne and, and Sir. Now, look, be sure and tell Trent I mentioned this one. Batman and Robin, who's a young one? Okay, okay, just be sure and tell Trent. Okay, make sure he understands that. We are in a great partnership. And so, uh, Paul wrote about his partnership. Now this church in Philippians, it's kind of an interesting group because it started back in the book of Acts. You find out it's starting by a businesswoman is converted. And then a slave girl that had been filled with a demon, she's converted. And then the jailer and his family are all converted. And out of that, they're all from Philippians. And so there, there they are, this group that started this church. And now this Paul is writing this, this group, and he's and he's writing them a whole book about joy and being able to partner with them. Let's do a little bit of reading. Verse three of chapter one. I thank my God every time I remember you, and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So he writes and describes this partnership that he has. You know, uh, uh, partnerships sometimes involve melding together more than one vision. I think his name was Rob. Yeah, Robert Rakes, back in the 1700s, started. He saw all these kids running around the middle of the street, and they worked in factories. They used kids in factories back then. They worked in factories, and on Sundays they just run wild. And so he thought we got to educate. They're not going to school. They're not doing it. We got to start something to educate these kids. So he started uh, what would eventually be known as the Sunday School movement. But he started in his little town. Well, there was another guy named William Fox that he kind of had the same idea. He was over in London. He wanted to get it going over there. And so he thought I want to get a Bible in every home. So when he, his idea to put a Bible in every home was sounded great, till he found out that only like one out of twenty of them could read. And then he thought I got to combine with this guy with this old rakes here that's got education going and then wesley he got involved in it because he said look i'm good i we can recruit teachers i'm good at recruiting teachers and so those three guys kind of joined their vision all together to what to start what became known as the sunday school movement by the way sunday school wasn't invented for us to teach our kids we got to do that the house It was an effort, actually, it was kind of an effort we used to make in the bus ministry. That's kind of what Sunday school movement was in the very beginning over in Europe. And then that thing flourished. But they had partnerships, guys that had a different... All had the same vision of getting the gospel and the Bible to people and had a heart for the disenfranchised in life started together and partnered. Well, Paul is telling these Philippians that he loves their partnership. And the first thing you find out in verse 3 through 5... Is that partners practice affirmation. He tells them how valuable they are. He tells them that, that, that they bring Him joy. He tells them that they be used for the kingdom's sake. Partners practice affirmation. When Paul said that they were partners, he's pointing out their contribution in a positive way. To the gospel spreading around the world. If you want to experience joy in relationships, then you begin by affirming people that you're in partnership with. You show them value. You speak good words to them. You have to have a positive attitude. You have to have a smile on your face. You have to be somebody that has great joy. Look here. If you cannot, you cannot enjoy People you consistently criticize. Got that? You cannot enjoy people you consistently criticize. Whether it's the one you're married to or the boss or who you work with or your church family, you can't do it. It creates, criticism creates distance. We're about closing the distance. We're about filling in the gap and having good relationships. We need people who will affirm the value of other people that we partner with in the gospel. That's what Paul's saying. They're valuable. We need to know, you need to know, you are valuable to taking the gospel to the whole world. Your time, your talent, your money, everything about you is invaluable to the, is valuable to the kingdom. But it means we've got to be a people who have joy about us. I love Paul because he's a guy that is passionate. He is full of passion about seeing people brought to Jesus. He's full of that passion and that joy. Now, some people have a hard time with that. I mean, you know, some people just don't have a lot of joy. You know what I'm talking about. These are the kind of people that when they leave a room, it brightens up. You know what I'm saying? Because they're kind of, they were weaned on a sour pickle and just look like the world's falling in all the time. we got to be people who have joy in our Christianity and passion. I remember when my, my first ministry, I was so excited. Of course, you know, you're young, you're full of been bigger and vitality and you're ready to rock and roll, you know. And so I taught this lady named Rose. I'll tell you, I'm so excited. And, uh, she came to the Lord and that Sunday morning I baptized her into Christ. And when I baptized her into Christ and brought her by the water, I mean, the whole crowd started clapping. It was exciting. And I thought, you know, man, this is great. And I get to the elders meeting that afternoon on a Sunday. I'm thinking they're all going to be fired up, you know. I get there and we're sitting there and they kind of, oh, everybody looks somber and all of a sudden one guy says, I'm not much on this informal baptisms. We need to talk about this. I thought, informal bapt Well, you didn't say in the name of the Father, or Son. I said, you mean like there's a formula? I gotta say it a certain way for them to be saved? Well, if it's my kid, I'd want it said that. And then, then another guy said, yeah, and I, what about that clap? And I said, now look, my hands were under the water. I didn't do that. You know, I'm, uh, but I know who did. Ray Melton. He started it. Because he's full of joy and he's full of passion for lost people. And I thought how sad this was that these men, good-hearted guys, but somehow or another had been deceived by their own legalism or tradition, one or the other, had got them to a point that that they couldn't see the big picture. That they missed out on the fact that, that the most important thing in their mind all day was about how something was done and whether it was right or wrong, instead of the greatest thing on their hearts being, a person came to Jesus that day. That day. Heaven was moved. Angels were singing. And the passion was flowing because the gospel was preached. I was like, I want to partner with people who have that kind of passion and that kind of joy. Are you in on that or not? man. We might ought to just quit right now while we're here, back Look, affirmation lubricates relationships. We need to affirm the value and we need to be positive with people. The grasshopper on the fence makes all the noise. But the ox in the field does the work. Got it? Partners also place confidence where it belongs. Look, Paul says he's confident that God is going to bring this thing to completion. God started to work in you, guys. He'll bring it to completion. I can't make that happen. I get to be a part of it, but God started to work in you. He'll make it happen. God did that. So my confidence is not in the guy preaching. It's not in the leader of the church. Look, we're human. We make mistakes. Look, Susan and I have been married a long time. And she's made a mistake or two. And I probably just made one telling you that, you know. But our confidence and our faith is not in each other to be perfect. But our relationship is grounded in our faith in Jesus Christ. He's carrying on something, a completion that I can't make happen. God makes that happen. So Paul's confidence is, look, if you'll be faithful, he says, look, God will complete this work. It won't go undone. He'll make something good happen out of this work. Don't place your confidence in inappropriate places or people. It's not about our structure. It's about our Savior. And our confidence has to be in God. The best of partners on the human side will mess up. But that's what's great about God because he takes your mess and turns it into a message and makes great things happen. For the kingdom, Partners also enjoy community. Look what Paul says here in verse 7. He says, look, my, you're close to my heart and it's right for me to have this affection towards you. They have a great community. They have a great relationship. Now look, Paul's writing this from where? A jail cell. He's in jail and he's writing to them. And he's close to the heart. There's a lot of miles between them. But they're close because they've had this relationship in getting the gospel out together. They have community together. Look, the presence of true community exists in the heart, not in the building. You can have a crowd and not have a community, you can have an audience. And not have a family. But when we partner together and we build relationships with each other, then we, a forever family, are joined together in seeing the good news get out here as well as around the world. That's what you are a partner in when you're in this forever family. So don't sit back and just be a part of the audience. Don't sit back and be part of the crowd. Be part of the community that makes things happen. In 1951, President Truman relieved General MacArthur from his command. And he said, quote this, He was unable to give his wholehearted support to the policies of the United States government. See, MacArthur was not fired because he was a poor leader. He was fired because he was a poor partner. Got it? we got to learn to work together and be good, positive partners in the gospel. The other thing we see happening is partners practice giving and receiving. Now, this is what we find over in the last chapter of this book in Philippians chapter 4. Turn over there, verse 14. I want to read you some of this little section here. He says this, Yet it was good of you to share my troubles Moreover, as ye Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable service, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He's saying, look, you participated with me. You gave. You gave your money. You gave aid. You sent some of the brothers to help me. And so there's this giving and receiving that takes place. I I, I like giving and receiving. That's a good thing, right? When we have our missions day next week, it's about giving. It's about us being partners in getting the gospel out to the whole world. It's not about uh, it's not about our pride. It's not about uh, just getting you to be a good giver. Uh, I, I I don't want to guilt you into giving money. Now, if you feel guilty and give money, I'll take it. But it's not about that. I want you to experience the joy of partnership. Giving your money, your time, your talent, and everything that's in you to see that one person like you who've been rescued will be rescued. That's what we want to see happen. The reason I'm opening up my bill phone and giving some money next week, because I want somebody to experience. The grace and mercy that I experienced when God reached out and saved me through the story of Jesus because he used people. Somebody paid something for that to happen. And grace ought to be my response. Gratitude ought to be my response. Giving ought to be my response. So the mission of the church goes on. We partner with each other and with other churches around the world to get the good news of Jesus to someone else. Why? Because you and I get to participate in watching people change where they spend eternity. And that is a joyful thing. That's an exciting thing. So the owner found started his business but he found 10 acres of land for sale out on a busy highway he thought i'm gonna build my store there that thing's gonna do great business he builds his store and i'm telling you people are driving in there are people it's busy they're pulling it he's making money i mean just 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 time and time again he's just being prosperous you know and that's rolling in and all of a sudden after about four years all of a sudden the one side of his building starts to sink He starts doing this research and asking questions about the land and long ago what had happened. Well, come to find out, he built his store on what used to be an old landfill of garbage. And as that garbage decayed underneath, guess what happened? Boom. The foundation fell in. That happens to us. There's some kind of secret sin you've been holding on in your life And it might not show its head at the beginning, but all of a sudden, somewhere down the line, things start sinking in, don't they? And when it raises its ugly head, all of a sudden damage is done to relationships. Not just you and your spouse or your family or a whole bunch of other people. And now all of a sudden you're trying to manage all that that happens. Look, we can only partner together when we have a firm foundation. The firm foundation is the rock. Jesus Christ. So if there's anything, any garbage in your life that's been held secret under there, get it out today so we can build something solid and God can help us move on about the business of getting the good news of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Partners. You know, we've been privileged to partner with a lot of different people. We've partnered... A home, doing ministry here as well as abroad. One of those guys that we've partnered with for a long time is a guy named Prudencio Rodriguez in the Dominican Republic. You know, Prudencio, I don't know, I think he's 80 something years old. Now look, I promise you, he stands about this high. I mean, he's a short guy. And I, he is a fired-up guy. I can't tell you how many people he's converted to the Lord, and and uh, uh, he's always excited. He has trained more preachers to plant churches to the Dominican. I'm telling you, it's awesome. So we we support him. This congregation has supported him. I think since 1970. I think some of you older folks may remember a better particular date, something like that. That we've supported this guy. I'll go with the Dominican and I remember one time we're we're preaching and we're, you know, I'm fired up because I mean they're excited. Look, they're excited to have somebody preach. They'll stay all day to hear you preach. I didn't think not one amen, Ryan. I did not get one amen out of that. Not one. I'll tell you, of course, I'm like, you know, well, what do you got to go do? Anyway, I mean, you know, so they're, they're excited. So I preach and I'm fired up over there, you know, we have a great assembly and I offer the invitation like we do here, you know, we have a song and you think that that's the end of the service. No, that ain't the end of the service. <laughs> Cause Prudencio, he's going to get up no matter who preach and he's going to offer another invitation. And so I've got Ben, I'm telling Ben, I said, Ben, translate, tell me what he's doing. Tell me what he's saying. Well, he's offering another invitation. I said, oh, okay, you know. And, and uh, I said, well, tell me, what, what's he saying in the invitation? Well, here's what, here's what Prudential was doing. Prudential's walking out front down there, and he would say, he'd say, now, look, there's some people in here that need to come to the Lord. And he'd look over, and he'd say, now, Ryan, I've talked to you about coming to the Lord. Now, it's time you make that decision. And Joe, I mean, you know, he just call you out by name, just go out there and point you out. Now, some of y'all get getting nervous about this point in the assembly. He has such a passion. That's the kind of guy you're given to on mission stay. You got it? But not only him, but then there's Isaac Day in Liberia. I'm telling you, Isaac Day is so excited for the Lord. He's converted so many people. Now they've started a school over there that we've been a part of. And they're training not only guys to go preach the gospel, but also how to make a living. Because look, they can't support full-time guys preaching. And so they're teaching these guys in the school how to feed their families as well as preach the gospel at the same time. It's a great, great effort in Liberia with Isaac. And then there's the Honduras work, the Baxter Institute. Steve and Diane, you know, Steve used to preach at our sister place over here at the university years ago. Steve has always loved mission work. Him and Diana, of course, Diana worked with us in World Radio for years and years. Steve is training preachers down there. I've met a lot of those graduates from Baxter Institute around the Central and South America who do a great job in ministry. And we're involved in that work. And then there's Tuba City, uh, uh, Arizona with Eric and Tracy Key. Look, when Paul, when old Paul G passed away, uh, look, Paul, that's the only place he'd ever worked is at Indian Reservation. Only place. He went from the school of preaching here, to the Navajos. And I told, him, I, said, I told him, I said, look, God sent you there because he knew you could never survive preaching anywhere else. Paul was a great, well, look, he plowed the hard ground. The Navajo work is a tough work. But Eric grew up on that reservation. He and Tracy picked up uh, picked up that, that that gap, they filled in that gap of leadership to go out there. And that's a work that you and I are involved in. And Eric was so excited recently because you know, he they had a couple of baptisms, and he sent me a text the other day because I'd sent him some cards, had the gospel drawing, and all this. Great. He said, "Can you send me some more of those?" I said, "Are you kidding? You bet we can." You know, it's a great couple. That's who, that's who we support and help. And then there's CR inside. I don't know, Randall, are you here today? Randall, wasn't it recently you told me I think one place you had forty some baptisms, huh? A hundred baptisms. I mean, who's counting but a hundred? Someone said, my numbers aren't important. Well, I don't know. There's a whole book called Numbers. I kind of, you know, I mean, right? But look, I, I don't know how many different prisons and cells. Look, that's a great, that's a mission field. And that brother is busy in the mission field. And we need to put more money and effort into that ministry, I tell you. You know, there's a lot of folks being reached with the good news there. Then there's the Middle East I will when we were in, uh, when Robert Abel's and Ben and I were in Athens, Greece, and we saw the work among the refugees who had come from Afghanistan and Iraq and and all those areas that are war-torn places where people are are driven out of their homes. Look, they know terrorism. They know all that's not from God. When they're murdering your mom and dad, you know that's not from God. They don't have a problem understanding that they just never had anybody teach them or share the bible with them there's such good receptivity there there's been so many baptisms and conversions there from folks that are leaving muslim countries and look not only there but also with the work we support in turkey And those those folks now, look they're not staying where they are. Those refugees, when they're converted, most of them are moving up into Europe. That might be how God evangelizes Europe again. It's through the refugees that are taking the gospel through the work you're involved in. That's what you're a part of. And then even here, we have a mission field at ULM. We put this in our mission budget because that campus is a mission field. 64 different nations represented at that campus, ULM. 64. If we could just get one out of every nation to be converted and go out and take the gospel back to their homeland, look at what would happen. Look at what would happen. When we picked up that ministry three years ago, I think there were four, three or four students there. Now there's like 50 plus students there. That have been converted and are involved in that. Uh, this next Sunday night, which I think is so appropriate, on Missions Day, we're going to start a new assembly on Sunday nights at university. And it will be aimed and focused at college kids. That'll be the goal of it. And uh, Ryan and Ben and uh, Gordon and Trent and other guys that are working on the planning of that thing, we're excited about it. Basically, their small groups are going to meet on Wednesday night instead of having a Wednesday night service over there. They'll be in small groups, but on Sunday night, that'll be the time to really try to reach out. I mean, after all, you try to get college kids up to come to nine in the morning. Come on, who were we th- What were we thinking? You know, I don't know about you, but when I was in college, nothing was going on in the morning time but sleep. All right? I'm excited about that work. Look, it's going to be a service designed and aimed at college kids. It'll be instrumental service. It'll be a service uh, that involves taking the Lord's Supper together. It'll be a service that involves messages that the different guys will speak to that culture and that time and to that need. I'm excited about that. So we'll actually have four services going on. We'll have two here and two across the river. One on Sunday morning one on Sunday night. Look, go to one service and serve at the other. But get hooked in somewhere. And be a part of partnering by getting the good news of Jesus out to folks I don't know if you can tell or not but I get excited when I think about how God gets God is using us to be involved in changing the lives of other people we all need help right I mean we can't do this by ourselves it's kind of like the guy said look If you find a turtle on the top of a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Got it? We all need help. We need joyful, positive, faithful, committed people of God, our forever family, to join forces in this thing of reaching the world. That's what next week's Mission Day is all about. It's about us trying to get the good news out to as many people as possible before this old world comes to an end. And I'm excited that God is using this family to make that happen. I look out at some of you, I've known a lot of you for years and years. I look out and remember when you were converted and remember the people that you have converted. And I'm excited to think about the people you will convert as you let God use you. What God has started in our partnership, just like Paul and the foot, he, he who began a good work, will bring it to completion. And he'll get the glory for it. Father, we love you. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the good news of Jesus that changed our lives. May we get that message to as many people as we can. Father, I bless our missions day next week. Help us to be sacrificial and committed and excited to joyfully partner in getting the good news out to other people. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Amen.